0: My fellow Challenge lovers, welcome to the Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's, the Challenge past, present, or future, emphasis on the past today. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Holliball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with us today. A very exciting day for the podcast, because today we are officially kicking off the 2022 challenge series rewatch with the season that started it all road rules all stars you know technically retroactively kind of sort of just became known as the origin story and default season 1 of the challenge but season 1 it is the beginning of the show that we love so dearly and we're going to get into everything about this historic season very, very soon here. But before we dive in, a few updates and notes about the 2022 Challenge Series rewatch and how it'll all be working. If you listened last week, uh, we discussed how all of this was going to do, what this whole project was, what the purpose of it was, all of that. We're not going to rehash the entire thing. That podcast exists for a reason, but just a couple quick notes. First off, as I binge these seasons, I'll be posting episode recaps, you know, slash highlights, or kind of recap, kind of highlights, every single episode on my personal Twitter, which is at Jacob Hollaball, show notes for the spelling of my last name, as well as those same episode recap slash highlights on the podcast Instagram page, which is at Challenge Historian, so make sure to be following along there on Twitter or on Instagram, whichever you prefer, or both, for a whole bunch of content, because again... I'm going to be attempting to recap every single episode, every season on the podcast, every episode on the social media channels. The podcast will then follow each season to look at them as a whole, of which you are currently listening to the very first one. So congrats. You know where to find them, but make sure you do hit that follow or subscribe button so you don't miss any season as they drop the timeline for these rewatches and season recaps. Pods are, uh, they're already behind schedule um, from what we said last week. Apologies for that. Life happened as it uh, wants to do, and some unexpected trips had to be made. Lost a bunch of time to be able to work, but we are here today to kick off with the first season. I'm sure this will not be the only time that life happens, as this project is going to take a lot of weeks and months to finish. So, the plan, which will be very subject to change as needed, but we will do our absolute best to stick to as much as possible. The plan is to cover two seasons per week, no matter what, two seasons every week, with the possibility that, especially early on here, these next few weeks, there might be a third season snuck into a week, uh, just because the first few seasons of the show are you know, shorter, in both episode length and number of episodes, and then it kind of ebbs and flows from there. So sometimes when we're covering, you know, a string of 10 episode, 30-minute uh seasons, we might be able to do three in one week. But the goal is two per week, best of my ability, two seasons covered per week for you know the next three to four months until we have covered them all. So the goal is Monday, Thursday is the plan. That's when the two are going to drop every single week. This one's coming out on a Monday. You can expect season two this Thursday, and then Monday, Thursday from there on out. Any week where we possibly get a third season able to be thrown in there, that'll come pop up on a Saturday, a Sunday, a little just bonus over the weekend. So get prepared Make sure to you know go back, look on the Challenge Wikipedia at the list of all the seasons. Remember which ones are maybe your absolute favorites, and maybe you'll want to re-watch right along with us. No matter what, hope you're listening to each and every one of the podcasts. On that note, quickly, because the, I, I tried to cover it last week. Um, I tried to cover it in every post I have made about this on Instagram or Reddit or anywhere else. My, my dearest apologies to everyone out there who is messaging and asking, where are you watching these first seasons? Um, I the, the short answer is I have access to them right now. They're not publicly available, and I am not able to make them publicly available. If I could, I absolutely would. Again, I will say the same thing I said on the pod last week. If anyone w- out there wants to be the one who writes up a very well-written uh, petition of some sort to send to Buena Murray or to Paramount or Viacom, CBS, whoever, and try to get seasons one through nine on Paramount Plus faster than they currently, if hopefully they will someday be on there. But if we want to get them on there quick, let's make our voices be heard. If someone sends something like that to me, I'd be happy to share it. But otherwise, I don't have anywhere, any way of making seasons one through nine publicly available. So the best I got for you is you can listen to these season recaps, but once we get in a few weeks to season 10 and beyond, you'll be able to use that Paramount Plus subscription or you know buy individual seasons on Amazon, or if you got MTV or you know basic cable, some of the seasons are on MTV.com. There, there's a bunch all over the place, but mostly Paramount Plus has the bulk of them, 10 through 35. So that's where you can be watching right along with us. Additional content will be posted on our challenge subreddit from time to time. We're at Challenge Historian on Reddit and are starting to become a little bit more active in the challenge subreddit. A wonderful community if you're not a part of it and a challenge fan and you want to be part of the action and the commentary and the debate. That is a great place to go. And that will be where we post as we build some different lists, talk about some very specific iconic moments, things of that nature, all that type of additional content will be there. Challenge subreddit. Go join if you are not already active over there. With that, that's the plan. Uh, The final thing is I will be setting up some guest podcasters. Very exciting. Some of the best of the best from around the independent challenge podcaster community maybe even a cast member here or there if we are lucky enough to be graced with their presence as well. So we're going to have someone, not just me, talking, eventually sharing their knowledge and love for some of the iconic seasons along the way throughout this rewatch. So you can look forward to hearing me talk to someone that isn't myself for a change. But today, it is just me. And a lot of them, it might be just me. But as many guests as we can work into this, we are going to try to do so. With that, let's kick off this project for real and talk about the debut season, shall we? Our agenda will be as follows, and as we kick off, you know, this brand new rewatch project, this agenda, as always, will remain fluid. Podcast to podcast, as we kind of figure out the best way to give each season its proper documentation. Um, but this is what we're going to go with for the first first stab at it, and you know, we'll continue to rework it as needed. We're going to start by talking the state of the challenge, kind of where the franchise is going into the season we were talking about that day. Follow that up with just kind of the basics, a season grade, and covering what aged the best and aged the worst. As we're looking back, you know, this season, season, 20-some years since it actually aired, what's kind of aged well, hasn't maybe aged so well. Talk about those. And then we'll get into some some awards-based content so that we can run through some of the best of the best from the season that we're talking about. We'll look at the best challenge, mission in this case, from the season, the best moment, the best quote. We'll hand out uh, the best episode, and of course, a season MVP will be awarded And as always, again, as I said, this will be subject to change. That's really what we're going with today. Who knows by Thursday if we'll have some different categories, some different ways, a different lens to put on to look at the season. But for today, state of the challenge, the basics, a season grade, age best, worst, best daily challenge, moment, quote, episode, and a season MVP. Via those categories, we should be able to cover it all. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right on in and discuss what the state of the challenge was, headed into Road Rules All-Stars. The state of the challenge way back in 1998 is uh, probably the, the, the both the most simple and most complex answer to this question we will have in covering all 37 pl- and plus, 37 seasons and counting, and that is, it didn't exist. Uh, we're, we're talking about the first ever season today, and the first ever season back when it actually aired, wasn't necessarily the first season of anything. It's kind of been retroactively fitted as the debut of the challenge, but the challenge didn't exist, and uh, this season isn't necessarily almost anything really like uh what the challenge would eventually become. There are certain portions of it that serve as a framework, and the most, the, the most obvious one is just the very basic nature of uh, well, let, let me back up. I guess this this season is called Road Rules All Stars, and that is because it is a spinoff of the very successful Road Rules franchise, which is one of the two staple franchises that MTV had going at this point. They had Road Rules, they had Re- Real World. Road Rules was a competition series on in you know on its own and very very successful. And eventually, many of the challenge greats that we will talk about throughout rewatching all these seasons will you know come from a Road Rules alum. Same with The Real World alum. They were the two shows that filtered in and casted the challenge for many, many seasons throughout its earliest years. But the very first season was just Road Rules All-Stars, which meant it was a shortened season of The Road Rules cast with a former Real World alum. Five Real World alum coming back and doing a short version of a Road Rules season. So in effect, when we look back at it, it's, it's very much, you know, kind of like it's, it's a true spinoff of road rules, but really, if we're being honest, it kind of feels like, like it's just kind of a road Rules season. It, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily fit with the challenge. There's many that would say, you know, it's not, it really isn't the first season of the challenge, you know? Um, and part of me, part of me does agree with that, but the, the basic thing that it had that was the seed for the challenge, if you will, and really the seed for not just the challenge, but uh, for a lot of really the basis of the success of the challenge and what separated it from eventual competitors in the space of you know reality competition show is the idea of bringing people back was born, bringing cast members back. Uh, to my knowledge, I'm not I don't claim to be an expert in all of reality television or especially reality competition television, only just the challenge, Uh, but um, as we'll talk about in a moment, none of the other big shows that we know of today existed yet. This was the first of its kind, kind of the first of the group that would go on to have big acclaim, you know, 30, 40, 50 seasons, whatever, and, you know, huge, huge followings. The challenge started first. It created it all. And it started first, whether you count this season as first or season two as kind of the actual first one of the challenge. But um, it brought people back. It brought people who had been on a reality show before, the real world in this case, had had successful runs, had a little bit of a fan following, people liked them, like those seasons. And this was the first time MTV was like, what if we put the people who worked really well on, in one season what if we put them on television again instead of trying to find brand new people every single time? And that really is the kind of crux. One of the main, main things that made the challenge successful long-term was the idea of this is, you know, people that are reoccurring in our lives over and over and over. And we don't just get one season, 10 episodes, five episodes, whatever. We get to have people come in and out of our lives over the course of three years, five years, 20 years, as it turns out, with a few competitors and get to see arcs of those characters. We get to, you know, root for specific people for a long-term period of time. We get to see how they interact with different groups of people, different mixes of cast, all that stuff. So that one seed of bringing people back was the real seed that makes this truly the origin story of the challenge um, and of the success of the challenge franchise in my book, but we still it still begs the question should it count as a season of the challenge? It does feel kind of weird that it that it counts, uh, especially you know, when you we rewatch it here, and it's it feels kind of odd being like you know, this is just a season of the road rules, it's it, that which is a different show, you know, it's a, di- a show that obviously plays a massive role in the challenge. Um, but the same way the real world did, like it just, it just feels like a different show and it feels more of a bridge between one franchise to this new one to me than it does, you know, a season one of a new franchise. It, you know, it, it, it's a spinoff of road rules. So it kind of feels like road rules over here, challenges over here. And this season was kind of the bridge that took us from one to the other. But you know, if, if, if we're, you know, the bridge is part of the journey over to the other one. And, um, You know, season two, which we'll discuss later this week on the podcast is much, much more like you see it in that season for sure. You see like, oh, this is the challenge. It doesn't look the same as what it looks like, you know, today, present day, but you the the outline of everything is kind of there in a much, much bigger way than here. We'll talk more about that later. But the main thing, whether I want to count it, whether you listening at home want to count it, MTV counts it and We all have to count it at this point because if we didn't, it would really mess up some of the other names and numbering system, most notably, you know, Dirty 30, when they wanted to celebrate the 30th season of the show. That would be all thrown off. Um, When they, you know, on this last season, Spies, Lies, and Allies celebrate the 500th episode, that would be thrown off. So they, you know, by those numbers, we, we know, without a shadow of a doubt, MTV thinks of, this was season one of The Challenge. Anywhere you look at documentation of, you know, anything this is season one so that's what it is to me it it kind of feels honorary um and so because of that you know what a great debate in the the world of challenge stats is do these people are these people champions which for me no they are not from a stats perspective this is the one season we're not going to talk much stats coming out of the season because uh no one gets a win uh no one The daily challenges, as we'll talk about, aren't their missions that they have to complete, and they complete all of them. No one's winning or losing or anything of that, really. So there's no no stats for this season other than episodes you appeared in and confessional counts, and that's it. No one gets a win. Others, and I think even MTV themselves, kind of count this as these five people are all challenge champions. Uh, I mostly know that because I think I've already seen somewhere a few different people say Cynthia, who is on this season, will be talked a lot about in this podcast, is coming back for All Stars 3, and I think labeled as a, as a challenge champion based on this season, um, which again, it to me the it, it is season 1 it's but it's kind of honorary no one gets a win no one gets a, any daily mission wins no one no one gets any stats for any of this um they got they got a trip to costa rica at the end and that's about all they're going to get out of it and they get to be a part of a legendary season 1 of an iconic franchise and you know that that's all good so it counts feels like it maybe shouldn't uh I, I did reference earlier before we move on from this got a note um that for this was 1998, uh, aired between April and May 1998, filmed a few months before that. Just so everyone out there is clear, the other, I kind of look at the the world of reality competition shows. There is a big four. Um, that would be The Challenge, Survivor, Big Brother, An Amazing Race, with respect to many, many others. Uh, a lot of quality ones that have kind of popped up over the years, and especially recently, there's been more attempts at, uh, bringing some new ones into the fold. Those four shows have been running for a very, very long time and kind of came up together and just kind of dominate the space to a large degree. But we should be said, the challenge, 1998, first season is one we're talking about today. And even if you want to say ah, it wasn't really the challenge yet in season two, season two is 1999 still would have been the first of the big four because Survivor Season 1 premiered in May 2000, Big Brother Season 1, June 2000, Amazing Race, September 2001. So the challenge really was the first one on the block. They all kind of ended up coming, you know, then next two in 2000, 2001. They all came about relatively the same time and eventually a you know, run congruent with each other ever since. But the challenge... Just uh, you know, for all of us out there, like myself and probably you listening that whether whether you are a big super fan of Survivor, Big Brother Amazing Race, or any of the other wonderful shows that are out there, um, for a lot of us we we really ride or die uh, as I am with the challenge is not only was first, it's the best it'll always be the best no matter what happens to me, no matter how great of a survivor season may come out or Um, I don't really mess at all with Big Brother, Amazing Race at this point in my life, but I still respect the followings they have and the shows they produce, but regardless, I'm ride or die for the challenge, as you probably would assume based on this podcast, but it came out first, and uh, just worth noting. So that was the state of the challenge, going into season one, Road Rules All-Stars here. Let's cover some quick basics of the season before we get into actually grading the whole thing as a whole. So the basics of the season as we already said it aired in April and May 1998. 1998. 24 years ago. Uh you know next month. 24 years ago. So franchise has been going strong for a long long time and any we should always remember that anytime we're talking about, you know, last week's podcast we also discussed all the new CBS challenge uh, version of the show all the new spin-offs all the new you know where what is the state of challenges mTV's the challenge dead all this that and the other and what we got to remember when we're talking about that or maybe when we're talking about how good and or bad we feel a recent season has been we got to always appreciate that this thing's been around for 24 years at this point and it was, it probably it wasn't meant to be that long like it's all gravy from here this you know a show coming on and having this many seasons over this long a time frame is, is very, very rare, so we're very lucky to have it. The cast of this show, the smallest cast of any season of the challenge by a long shot. We've got five people. We got Cynthia Roberts, Real World Miami alum, Eric Nies from Real World New York, John Brennan from Real World LA, Rachel Campos from Real World San Francisco, and Sean Duffy from Real World Boston. So again, five real worlders coming into the world of road rules, planting that one original seed that would sprout into the challenge as we know it of returning veteran alumni of real world or road rules or MTV at large. The locations for this uh, series, again, it's road rule style. So they went a whole bunch of places. They start in Montreal briefly. They end up in Lake Placid at the start as a group. Then they head from there all the way over to New Zealand, Wellington, and Auckland, New Zealand, and finish back up in the States in Los Angeles. So a bunch of different locations on hand across five episodes, only five episodes. Also the shortest season of the challenge in history of the show. About a hundred and four or an hour, 40 minutes, about a hundred minute total runtime, five, 20, 21 minute episodes. So you can bang this one out very, very quickly, shorter than almost every movie that comes out these days. You could watch this entire season of The Challenge. It was hosted off screen mostly, only one brief actual on screen appearance by David Rainey, aka Puck, from Real World San Francisco, in the role of Mr. Big, a role that is one of the portions of this show that does not age the best, much more so in uh, the next season. We still have a Mr. Big season two that'll be talked about on Thursday's pod, but Puck is your host, only actually appears on screen one time briefly. Now, that's your basics. Let's talk about the actual grade of this season, shall we? So, overall... We got some pros and cons. Let's let's run through our pros and cons and then and that'll lead us to our grade overall and we'll discuss our our, our grading system going in uh looking at all these seasons. Every season we're going to give a full grade and so That'll help us kind of put together a bit of a ranking or a tier system by the end, so we'll explain the grading system. But let's talk pros and cons of this season from a very, very high-level view. Start as high as we can get, and then slowly but surely throughout the rest of this pod, we will get more detailed and narrow and look at specific moments, episodes, and things of that nature. So some pros of the season. There was plenty of them, but we'll try to narrow down the list. The first one, the biggest one, the number one one is the cast is absolutely phenomenal. They really... Knocked it out of the park uh, again. Five people, so super small. You gotta, you really can't miss. With you got five people, if, if one single one of them doesn't work, then you know that's twenty percent of your cast. That's a big, a big shadow over the season. But they went five for five. The dynamic of the group is great, which we're going to talk about uh, multiple times throughout this. Just uh, really, really they really did a great job and not only having five people who individually could be interesting and entertaining on their own on our television screens, but that as a collective had an interesting mix of personalities and had a very genuine, authentic, interesting interaction with each other and experience with each other and affected each other's experience in a big, big way. So the cast. uh they really nailed it, and again, going back to that that single seed that will, why this season really is a genuine origin of the challenge of bringing back people who were interesting once, who were who were fan favorites one time, and letting us get more time with them and see them continue to grow and change and learn and interact and experience life is just was is, is the best thing about this season. And one of the best things about the show, the entire franchise overall. And so the fact that they nailed it, they went five for five season one is a big reason why there is now, you know, we're going on season 38 plus spinoffs, this, that, and the other next pro (laughs) as previously stated, this entire season is about a hundred minutes long. There is no fluff at all. If you, uh, you know, if you're ever lucky enough that they that they do put it up on Paramount Plus, like when I watched this, I took breaks between episodes. But if I want to, you can sit down and watch this in one hour forty minutes flat. Just start to finish, run through the whole thing. There are some premiere episodes of the newest seasons now that are you know on screen for two hours. So you could watch this whole this whole thing as fast as you can watch some season premieres these days, and because of that there's absolutely no fluff. This thing is a tight, tight show. They all, the only things that make it on television on the screen is, is things of interest is things of entertainment. There is no room for any, any, you know, long winded, boring, whatever, no, nothing, no fluff at all. And, it's crazy how much they pack into each little 20-minute episode, you know, a couple of the episodes they do 3 different missions and still find time to show some, you know, things happening outside of the actual missions. It's crazy. So that that whole no fluff, just a real tight, short, in and out, that works really really well for the season. Um the next thing that works really well. It is just kind of a as we've said a lot before, it's kind of just a real world season. Um the missions are take up a lot of time, but they're not They're not really like challenges necessarily. They're not, they don't, I mean, one of them, they, you know, they work a day at a stand. They work on a farm for a day. They they do a lot of stuff. It's, it is really just kind of real world in an RV, kind of. Um, and the more mundane stuff is really cool. I mean, things as simple as they're like two hours late to one of the missions, and it's like a funny moment that, like, are we gonna be allowed to do it? And they kind of the farmers like, uh, we're farmers. It's kind of bullshit that you showed up two hours late, but we're gonna let you do this anyways. So there's some fairly mundane, real life type of stuff going on, similar to feeling like you're watching a real world season that's just kind of interesting in the conversations very very genuine very very cool again the cast itself the interactions they have um a few of them will pop up in our best moments category and quotes and things but uh it's just really really interesting to get to watch them react and have it be you know it it really isn't a competition in any sort of way The, the missions aren't really all that critical they don't really have any chance of failing any of them necessarily so all of that is makes it kind of fun and then finally, we do get a lot of firsts and a lot of template setting for seasons to come, which is something I didn't necessarily expect going in, thinking about, you know, it's not really a season of the challenge. It's just season one. It's this other thing. But after watching it, I'm writing down a whole bunch of stuff where I'm like, we got the first of this, which became a thing that would go on and on and on to be a reoccurring thing throughout season after season We or that we look forward to from, you know, someone threatening to quit. So someone seeming like they might have died during a mission, but thankfully being totally okay, we get our first ever relationship that turns into a long-term marriage with kids and family, and uh, that all happens on this first season. So a lot of first, a lot of template setting for what types of things in the world of reality television you know, worked in other forms of reality television and are going to work in this new format and in the format that it would come to be known as. So all that stuff, all that's great. Great cast, short runtime, real world in an RV feeling, a lot of first template, a lot of pros. Let's talk a few cons of the season. First one kind of goes with the, the flip side of the coin of how, how much fun it can be that it's kind of mundane, real world stuff, genuine conversations, all that's really great. But the uh, the flip side of that is there is kind of a lack of drama uh, within these five episodes because it's not really, the game isn't really a game. Um, and the only real tension, the the group does have some tension and those tense moments are fascinating to watch, but they're pretty short lived. The only real one comes between Eric and the whole group, really Eric and then Rachel, Cynthia and Sean. John, John kind of stays out Fit. We'll talk about that in a moment, um, but really, Eric kind of being slightly on the outside of the group is the only real tension the entire time, uh, and so that that kind of lack of real over like heavy drama is definitely you know brings the season down a touch. Uh, the other thing, as much as I love the no fluff, hundred minutes long, they go a lot of places and do a lot of things. I feel like there was another two or three 20-minute episodes that are just as good as what we got, so giving us more would have been great, um, and I, I appreciate that the way they did it because it maybe set a lesson in of we only want to put the best things on the screen for this new franchise, but could have gave us a little bit more. I definitely would have watched a bunch more. And then the, the biggest con, as we've said over and over, it isn't the challenge yet, so if, when we're talking about the grade for the season and where it would then fall in the hierarchy of all of the seasons ever, it, we can't grade it too super high just considering where, this, where the, the series will go, what you know, a true A-plus season, top-tier season will look like eventually down the road. So our grade for this season is going to be a B-minus. And with that, to explain our grading scale a little bit here is we're reserving anything in the A. We're doing obviously doing a letter grade here for this, and we're reserving anything in the A category for like real all-time stuff. I think I've talked about on my season recap podcast where I grade every participant of the last couple seasons of the show, I'm a strict grader. I am that teacher that thinks the class average is supposed to be a C because C is supposed to be average, and that's how I look at these season grades too a c does not mean some piece of shit season that you shouldn't rewatch. A c is totally average and fine. A b is a good season of the show, one that is has some rewatchability, one that is very entertaining in the moment. And a is like that you know, that's that's the top tier, and the top tier is you know split up A plus, A minus, A whatever. But if you're in the A category, you did a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff right. You brought a lot of value, and you did very, very little wrong. You didn't have any big miscues. The B range, you might have had you know just a, a a good ratio of good to bad, or you might have just had some really high highs, but a, a really low low here or there that might bring you out of the A category. But anything that falls in a D or an F. I don't know if we'll get any actual failures of seasons, but maybe we will. But a D and an F were ones that were, the show went backwards. If it's, you're in the D, D plus or lower, really C minus and lower, you kind of push the franchise backwards is a great way to think about it. And C plus and above is you push the franchise forward to some degree, um, you know, the higher, the more, but, uh, this one I'm putting at, Uh, with all that in mind, I'm putting this one at a B minus and mostly because I had a great, great time. It felt like an, like a B plus a minus the whole time watching it. But then just considering that it isn't quite that there's only five episodes, uh, how short it is, even if that helps it be better. And the fact that it's not the challenge yet, I, I felt it deserved to be in the B category. It deserved to be above that C category. It deserved to be in the B, but as, as low as possible within there, because I think, you know, that while it was a really fun season, really entertaining season, and obviously it starts the franchise, so it, it moves it forward. You can't argue that. It has to be above a C based on the move forward or backward. It definitely moves it forward, but it takes one solid step forward, which for me sounds like a B-. It does not leap way, way forward. It doesn't get ahead of itself. Uh, there's still a lot, a lot of room to keep running and going and getting better and better. So B- minus as a season. So with that, that's kind of your overview, your high-level everything. We've graded it. We've broken down the basics. We talked about where the show was going into this actual show. Let's now move in and get a little bit lower. We were at 30,000 feet. Let's zoom on down and get lower and lower until we land this plane right on the runway and get all the way down, the most nitty-gritty details. So Let's move into talking about some storylines and some awards to go ahead and look at moment by moment, episode by episode, what this season brought to the table. All right, kicking off this segment would be normally for most seasons, we are going to have our first, not really award or anything, but first kind of category, more lower level category, be the storyline of the season. Many, many seasons do have kind of one dominant arc or storyline throughout it. However, this one doesn't really have that, um, so we are gonna kinda just skip this category for now. Just wanted to mention it for future. Um, it'll be a lot more relevant for future seasons, so we're gonna move right on past that and talk about what aged the best and worst from this season. With every every season, we're gonna talk uh, about what has aged well and hasn't maybe aged as well because while we all know that we love, love, love this, uh, this show, this franchise, and have loved it for, you know, over two plus decades at this point. Um, we also know that the times, they are always a changing. And some things, there have been some warts and some uh, bad moments as well as some really prescient and cool and forward-thinking moments. And so, do want to just, if we're going to talk about something 24 years after the fact and look at it through a historical lens, why not talk about what aged well and did not? And with this season... It's a whole lot more of the positive than the negative. Uh let's talk about the only really one negative, uh, which is maybe one of the biggest successes of this looking back at it 24 years later, is you would think, uh, without remembering, you know, I went into this like I I don't know if I'd ever actually watched this season. Um, I was eight when it came out, so I definitely wasn't watching it live. And I don't know if it was one I have pretty firm memories of almost every one of even the early seasons at watching them at some point, somewhere, somehow, this one, I'm not sure I did, but so having no idea going in, I was prepared for, you know, potentially having a handful of really cringe moments. Uh, but there was really only one. Um, and it really, it wasn't also it wasn't bad at all, especially compared to some of the stuff we may have to discuss on other seasons, uh, down the line, but, As far as age, the worst. There's only one moment at all in the entire five episodes that felt like, uh, you know, that doesn't that doesn't sit so well now, and maybe shouldn't have sat as well as it did or didn't. I don't know. Back in 1998, there's an episode where they do they have to do a show with the Groundlings, the improv, uh, very famous improv group out in L.A. And during that show, one of these segments is they all have to impersonate someone from their their real world season so they'd all do an impression of one of their former real world cast members and a few of them are you know across gender across race that maybe don't land super duper well um, but is maybe 10 seconds of the show and it was the only time in all five episodes where I was like Ugh. yeah we probably wouldn't probably wouldn't be an idea for part of the challenge Today, probably wouldn't be make the television show today, but uh, it's kind of a testament to the show that was only one like, oh, that impression was kind of not great. Um, But otherwise, nothing really aged bad about this show at all, which is just astounding. Um, Things that aged really, really well. Uh, First one, Rachel and Sean uh, referenced earlier as far as templates that were set forth. Challenge couples, challenge families. We've had a bunch of them over the years. Uh, this show, you know, there's a lot of romance that goes on and some of that romance is real and some of it even goes well beyond the show out into the real world and lasts, including our first ever romance that ever happened. It not only lasted, it is still lasting today. And that is Rachel and Sean that we see that a romance kindle from episode one of this season. They now are married with nine children today. Uh, very successful folks out there. In the political news world, as it would be, but nine or 24 years later, st- still married, nine kids, which is wild, and super, super successful marriage, family, and life. So, the first ever challenge relationship couldn't have aged better. Next one, John, determined to make it in music, to put out an album, to play music. The, the opening really scene of the first episode is him and Eric talking about how he, John is just still, he's determined to make it as a musician. That determination, still going strong today and that that kind of storyline and that you know personality trait of his and characteristic and just awesomeness that he was bringing to the world then, still going well today. So that age, super great. Eric Nice seeking spirits entering him, aged fantastically if you've followed him uh, in any of his current day life, a very spiritual guy doing a lot of great things for a lot of people out there trying to bring a lot of good to the world, but the the early scene in the first episode of him wanting seeking out spirits, seeking out uh, a, a different type of existence, uh, a different plane to live on, definitely has aged very, very well given his current pursuits. And then the thing that aged maybe the best of everything, although it's hard to argue with nine kids in a 24 year marriage, uh, anything aging better than that. But bringing back fan favorite, interesting real worlders for more time on our television screens. We said it a couple times before, probably not the last time we're bringing it up, but that obviously aged the best because it was the basis for an entire franchise of 37 plus seasons that we know and love as The Challenge. So that's what aged the best and the worst. Let's, from there, move into our best, we're going to say Daily Challenge. On this season, they call them Missions, which is a carryover from road rules, because, again, this is just a road rule season. Um, But their Missions then, I don't know at what point they turn into being called Daily Challenges, if they ever actually are called that by production. I do recall uh, recently during this last season with Spies, Lies, and Allies, they had Ryan Smith, uh, Ryan Day, Ryan Smith. I always mix his name up with, the Ohio State football coach. But Ryan Smith was the, you know, showrunner of this most recent season. He's been on for 20 some seasons of the challenge. He commented, they actually had a discussion on the official challenge podcast with Anisa and Tori about uh why they're called dailies, who calls them dailies, who doesn't, why they didn't want to why Ryan never wanted to call them missions when he came onto the show because of the real the tie to road rules and whatever. But for our money, us out here in the fandom. Us out here, you know, on the streets talking about the show, refer to the, you know, any any challenge that happens that isn't the final. The finals called the final. Everything else is called the daily challenge, whether they happen daily or not. Some of these early seasons, they do actually happen every single day, including this one. They pretty much do a mission uh, or a daily challenge, if you will, every single day, um, sometimes multiple in a day. So we're calling it best daily challenge. And on this season, they do nine total missions. Uh, all of them uh, have, you know, something to be said for entertaining television. Uh, as we said before, none of them are really uh like a competition. I guess they're one, one of them, there's like guys versus girls in one, and one of them like a single person wins the money for the group versus everyone. But mostly it's just, can you guys do these things or not do these things? And if you're willing to do them to some degree, you pass and you go on to the next one. And, uh, They don't have to try all that hard to pass, some of them, but as far as the best of the best, four nominees from the season as as the best mission or daily challenge. First one is from episode one, the very first one they do, which is ghost hunting. They have to spend the night in a former insane asylum that is uh, supposedly extremely haunted, which we find out because there is constantly dozens of professional ghost hunters and spirit hunters uh there at any any given time and their goal is to capture on film on a photo if you will that type of film a ghost of some sort but they also have to spend the entire night in this place and it leads to some moments that we're going to talk about when we talk best moments um it hilarity between the the professionals and the ones explaining the mission, or they're kind of there on the side of the mission, helping them and the cast itself. There is a nice prank play during it. The whole thing is wonderful. Next nominee for the best daily challenge is on episode two. They, I don't know what they called it in the moment, but I called it dirty jobs. They literally create the template for the micro hosted show that would go to big fame later on dirty jobs. When they have to go to a farm and just do farm work. First, they have to run around and catch farm animals, which is always absolutely hilarious. Humans watching farm, trying to catch farm animals. Hilarious stuff, no matter what, every single time. And then the two women, for some reason, I guess we could have added to age the worst. Uh, is going to come up a couple times here, some of these missions. Um, Three men, two women in the cast, and the producers definitely routinely gave the women the... Uh, kind of the short straw on the drawl of who had to do what. And this was the first instance of that where for some reason just the two ladies had to milk the cows and that led to watching all of the cows poop while being <laughs> milking them and led to some amazing interview and quote monologue moments from Cynthia, which we will get to later. But they literally create the template for the Dirty Jobs television show of, oh, you know, what's kind of, Interesting and funny to watch is regular people doing jobs that most regular people would really, really not want to have to do, and that are in some essence very dirty to do, and physical and hands on. So that's that's nominee number two. Third nominee is a kind of two part, they it's two different uh, missions that they have to do of the same accord. And that is in the third episode, they have to write they are tasked with writing a theme song for their season creating, but now it's a spinoff show. They got to create a theme song different from the road rules theme song. So they think they just have to write it. They write it. That's good and done. Then in episode five, the final mission of the entire season is that they have to go to a recording studio and record the song, which Kind of actually is awesome at the end for a theme song. It's uh, you know it's not something I'm necessarily just popping on on the road trip by any means. But as far as theme songs go, they really knock it out of the park, and it's really fun to get to watch John in particular do what he is doing in real life and getting to showcase that, uh, which is another kind of really cool thing about this season in general and some of these early seasons in general. And I always remember loving about Real World as well is when the producers would clearly go you know try to find a way to incorporate whatever a cast member is trying to do in the real world giving them uh in the real like actually in the real world not in the show the real world um trying to give those cast members a chance to show some of their skills or talents or ambitions for what they want to do in real life while they're on the show and kind of give them a platform to put themselves out there. And it's really cool to have, you know, to give John the chance to write and record a, a song uh, during this and kind of show... Uh, he he's great through the whole thing and working with everyone in the group and being you know kind of the team leader and camaraderie and this, that, and the other. It's all real great. So the writing and recording of the song, third nominee, fourth and final nominee for the best mission, a.k.a. daily challenge of the season, this is in episode four, they do an insect cook-off. And by that, I mean one group cooks insects and the other cooks delicious lamb and shrimp rolls and all kinds of stuff. And this is the other time where the producers really, really, kind of screw over the women, um, which, uh, yeah, I should have probably had in the maybe ages, didn't age so well as the, uh, that's going to come up a lot throughout as we discuss season by season of this franchise is that uh, there certainly was quite a few moments where maybe the men got a little bit easier of a road than the women did or were treated a little bit different. Um, by production and by the situations they were put in. Uh, and this was definitely an early foreshadowing of that in that they have a mission where they go and they're told they're going to do a cook-off, men versus women. And they go in their separate rooms with their separate chefs to help them over a couple hours cook a meal for the others. The men cook for the women, the women cook for the men. They head into their room and they, they don't know, but they kind of assume like we're probably, you know, cooking the same thing for each other, who knows. The women get into their, their room and they learn, you guys are cooking uh, shrimp rolls and la- like a rack of lamb or like a big uh, whatever, a bunch of lamb and shrimp and everything looks delicious and they've got an actual real high-level professional chef helping them and kind of you know helping them make sure that it's a really, really good meal in the end. So they're cooking this wonderful, beautiful meal. The men walk into their room and their chef tells them, you're cooking everything out of insects everything they do is they make some sort of little stew, some little pie type things, whatever, but it's all, it's, it's all like crickets and maggots and all kinds of just little insects. And that is the only ingredients they have are insects. Literally there's some broth. I think they give them some regular broth, but I think they also make part of the broth by pouring water over squished insects um, and then soaking it out. So pure insects, they then feed that, uh, you know, to the women without them knowing what they're eating. They wait until after they've eaten their entire plate to tell them the women think that they're, you know, they're, they're not, not enjoying it. They're certainly not enjoying it, but they're not like disgusted by what they're putting in their mouth. And they think it's something that they're supposed to be eating. And eventually once they're done, they also clearly thought, you know, we're supposed to eat it all. This is the mission is that we do this cook-off and then they're told and both of them not super thrilled. Cynthia, very not happy, almost quits the show over it. But that Insect Cook-Off, while not super nice to one half of the cast, uh is memorable and entertaining for certain. So we've got Ghost Hunting, Dirty Jobs, Writing, Recording, Song, The Insect Cook-Off. Those four of the nine kind of stood above the rest as uh, the best of the best of the season. I've got to give the award for the best daily challenge, a.k.a. Mission, on this particular season, two. Ghost hunting on episode one, though, there are just some, we're going to talk about them here in a moment, just some unbelievable moments during this whole part. And we're not going to ruin them because we're literally about to talk about them next. So ghost hunting episode one, that's the best daily challenge of the season. Let's then talk about best moment and let's do so. We've got a bunch, a bunch of nominees here for the best moment of the entire season. Again, a nice tight hundred minute runtime. So only so many moments to pick from. A lot of great ones. Uh, we've narrowed it down to six that I got here to briefly uh, discuss and recap. And the first one is takes place within the ghost hunting. In the insane asylum, night one, episode one, or not night one necessarily, but episode one, they've got to spend the night in an insane asylum. As we just previously said, they're supposed to be hunting ghosts, but they're mostly just have to get through the night without totally losing it and freaking out and wanting to leave. Um, and there's two parts of the night that make up kind of the best moment nominee here. They could each be their own nominee, but one of them is, uh, is Eric. We mentioned earlier. Uh, that it aged really well, his desire to have a spirit enter him. And he literally has that, he says that out loud to one of the professional ghost or spirit hunters there. And he chooses the one to say that out loud to, to be the one who believes the spirits that are in this building to all be demonic. (laughs) And from, from hell or some other, you know, underworld, horrible place, demonic is the best way to put it. And so when Eric tells her that he wants a spirit to enter him he's talking about a very different spirit he's kind of on a whole different already kind of going down the path where we've seen him on today in present day life of he's talking about this in a way different way than this woman this professional spirit hunter who thinks they're all demonic and are going to be some half if one enters eric she is going to have to perform some sort of exorcism Uh, Her reaction to everything he says and the kind of cognitive dissonance between the two of them of what they're kind of talking about, what they actually want here, is just fantastic. This and I think every moment we're about to talk about here, if you do want to see them, are all on. Our Instagram page at challenge historian. we saved all of the stories as we were recapping these episodes in one highlight for you. So if you go to our profile on Instagram, there is a Road Rules All-Stars highlight reel that you can watch if you want to see this or other moments. The other part of the insane asylum night, then, is <laughs> is one of the craziest, weirdest moments in the in the the whole history of the show. And yes, it happens in the first episode of the first season of the entire franchise, but that is as they have to spend the whole night there eventually all the professionals leave and are just like all right you guys you know it's 1 in the morning you just got to stay here we'll be back at like 7 or 8 and they eventually stay up till at least 4 in the morning they say potentially later uh it, they start john has his guitar with them of course he starts to play some music and eventually by 3 or 4 in the morning all three of the male cast members are stripped down to their tidy whities they are running jumping on cages they are squawking like chickens they are flapping their arms in a chicken-like manner and all around just kind of going wild and crazy and just losing it and it is fascinating television for a good 30 to 45 seconds the the two women thankfully act as extra camera people and are filming some of it on their little handheld camcorders but it is wild and crazy and weird and very, very fun. So that is moment number one. The entire night in the insane asylum is just great. Second moment comes in episode two, and that referenced earlier, the Dirty Jobs-esque mission, Cynthia milking the cows. She she is not super excited about doing it, but throughout this entire, entire season, she's never super excited about a bunch of the missions they have to do, Always does them, though, and eventually always has. Puts a smile on her face, has a great time with them, provides great, great entertainment and content, but not super excited going in. Um, in. Inside of a room where they have a, basically a circle of cows around them. They're inside of a room that's basically an arena of cows, all in a big circle around them, 30, 40 cows at a time, all strapped in, getting milked. And during this, many of them eventually you know, have to use the restroom, but they're strapped in, they can't go anywhere. And so they just use the restroom right there in the little circle that they're all standing in. And at the center of that circle doing everything is Cynthia and Rachel and the couple farmers that are helping them out. And Cynthia, just her reaction to it, um, her, her entire experience milking the cows is fantastic. Um, and with respect to Rachel as well, but Cynthia really steals the show in this and many other moments. Um, but We'll talk more about that when we talk best quotes, but that entire moment is fantastic. Third moment nominee would be then same episode, episode two, kind of the most real life, uh, real world esque um, show, real world esque moment of the entire season is they're all at a diner and they're all they're all having a chat and there's multiple things that goes through. First is the Sean is the only one not there because he's back in their hotel because he agreed that they didn't have that much money to spend on each of these days and that he didn't want to go out to eat. He was going to eat some leftovers and then gets mad about the rest of the cast going to like a nice restaurant, having a big expensive dinner. So that portion kind of of it is the interesting thing of the reality of the show that they're in, where they only have X amount of dollars they're allowed to spend to get through life and living and eating and traveling from place to place. But then the actual conversation they have at the dinner, they f- they talk about one. The first thing they talk about is, all, is the fame that they've all had to deal with coming off of the real world. And it's fascinating to hear the 1998 version of this compared to what it would be now. You know, this is way, way before social media. This is before really the Internet is a thing at all to most people. And back when also the real world was... A legit phenomenon. I mean, it was you know a huge, huge, huge deal, a huge show. There, the market was not saturated with dozens and dozens and dozens of streamers and sh- and networks and platforms or whatever with dozens and dozens and dozens of their own reality shows. The, it was really kind of the at the forefront of reality television. It was a huge, huge deal, and the people that were on it became huge deals and huge stars for a little bit of time in a much different way than the people on today's versions of the show become huge stars. So hearing them talk, Eric says something to the effect of, you know, when he walks around and people recognize him, that, you know, he didn't plan on having 100,000 friends because all these people... You know, even back then, before only seeing them on the show, not even with the social media aspect or anything else, view them as like, I know who you are. Even if you don't know me, I'm your friend now. And how he didn't want a hundred thousand people thinking they're his friends. They then break talk about the kind of the goals for all of them being on another show again and going through this experience. And that's where the rift between the groups starts when Eric expresses that. It would be great if all of them could say, you know, a year from now we're going to have a reunion and the five of us are all going to meet up and hang out here, there, but the odds are that's not actually going to happen. And I'm a little bit here more for the experience and the relationships and everyone else like, I'm here to hang out with you guys and uh, build relationships that hopefully last and whatnot. It creates this divide and just it's very real world, genuine conversation, all just over a chat over dinner. Um, So that moment, thought was really, really cool and really indicative of what made this season as well as the early days of a real world type of show so, so great. Moment number four (laughs) is uh, thankfully a moment where no one gets severely hurt, but in the moment, seems like John may very well have died, and that is in episode three, They Go Zorbing. Zorbing is uh, when you strap yourself to the inside of a large bubble-like thing, just a Imagine a 10-foot-tall plastic bubble that you can crawl into the middle of and strap yourself to, and then roll down a hill, tumbling inter- uh, tumbling all the way down a hill. That's what they do. When John gets in his, uh, his breaks, and his break's bad. He starts rolling down the hill and you're supposed to be strapped to the inside of it so that as it turns, you're, you know, you're flipping upside down with it, but you're always strapped to one wall of it. You can't come and start, you know, banging against the ground over and over. You're in a protective position strapped to the inside wall of this zorb. John straps brakes almost instantly. And then John gets sent way, way, way into the air. Everyone else, they they bounce, you know, a tiny bit off the ground, a little bit. Each, you know, rolls kind of a small little bounce all the way down the hill. John freaking takes off for the moon like a rocket. He bounces probably like 10 or so feet in the air at least. And then, you know, the Zorb itself is maybe 10 feet tall. So he's up there a good amount in the air. His straps break meaning John, every time that thing bounces and rolls, is slamming into the ground at the bottom of the Zorb instead of being attached to one part of it like he's supposed to be. The whole thing pops and breaks, which in the end is is horrible in the initial moment, is then thankful because it slows down and ultimately stops the thing from continuing all the way down the hill. But in the moment, it seems like this guy might have just died. Like He literally falls and lands on his head, neck, um, and... They initially run up, and Eric even immediately says, "Hey, what hurts? If it's your neck or your back, don't move." And we go to a commercial break. It, it legitimately seems like, "Hey, I don't know. Is 1998? Were they allowed to show someone getting severely fucked up and hospitalized, or would they, you know, try to edit this out and just say John ended up in the hospital? How would they handle it?" Thankfully, very, very thankfully, John was mostly okay, a little banged up, but okay. He's able to crawl out of the thing himself. He they make make a couple jokes about it. And then in an iconic moment by the guy running the, the mission, the Zorb company, just completely go brushes it off like it never happened. Doesn't say anything, uh, um, react in any way to, is John okay? Or like, hey, why did this thing break? Just says, all right, you and you are next up to go down and just kind of acts like his entire business didn't just blow up literally in his face on national television. Um, but John and Zorb Definitely a memorable moment to say the least next nominee. Then same episode, episode three, uh, the whole, the whole episode there after the Zorbing, Eric wants to stay in Zorb. The rest of the group wants to go. There's a little bit of a fight. The rift between Eric and the rest of the group gets its biggest it ever is during the season. And so after the, the aftermath of all this, you know, everyone's not really on speaking terms for a minute there. Everyone's kind of mad. So they decide, to, to get everyone back on the same page, to have, build that camaraderie back, non-mission, they just decide on their own, let's spend a little bit of the money we have left and let's go horseback riding on the coast of New Zealand, which they do, it's beautiful, it's wonderful, it's awesome, but the real the moment that is nominated for the best moment of the season comes at the end of the riding the horses, they got some native guides that take them on this wonderful ride. But then they take them to a bar, and at that bar, they cap off a wonderful day and the the cohesion coming back and everyone liking each other again by jamming to the song Glory Days, just turning up the jukebox loud, slinging back some beers, and John is doing his dance. He's singing along. The whole cast does a sing-along, and it's just this wonderful, really fun moment at the bar. And again, another very real-world-esque, organic moment of these people Got in a big fight earlier in the day. They found a way to come back together, like each other again. And now they're at a bar singing and dancing and throwing back drinks and having a great time. And it's just a wonderful moment. So the Glory Days sing-along is our fifth nominee, our sixth and final nominee then for the best moment of the season. Had to find a way to discuss this and throw it in there. But we do get one other cast member cameo. In this season, it's just the five, you know, all season long, plus Puck, his one appearance as the host, and his uh, many times appearance every episode in voiceover on their little tapes to leave them their clues. But we get another iconic real-worlder and someone who would go on to be an iconic challenge all-star when Beth, Beth makes an appearance. Beth, real-world L.A. Beth, I'm still not going to try to pronounce your last name because I always get it wrong. That Beth, you know and love Beth, of course. She makes an appearance. She, of course was on real world a few year two, sometime right before this, her cat fellow cast member, John is in this cast and she seems to know as a lot of them in those days seem to all kind of know each other in the real world world. Um, And when they go to Los Angeles as their final, uh, final stop of the season, they need to save a little money. So they hit up their good friend, Beth. Who's like, you know what? I'm a great person. You can all stay in my apartment with me. And all five of them sleep in her very nice, but seemingly like one, maybe two bedroom at most apartment then. So extremely, extremely nice of Beth to do so. But that means that Beth's kind of around for a whole, the full episode, we get a couple different moments with her and the, just as as could only be expected from Beth, who is bat, just bats a thousand percent. She never, never misses. If she's on your television screens, it's always going to be good somewhere. The other way that you like it, hate it, whatever, it's always going to be good. And she, this is the, her cameo here is totally right along those lines. She knocks it out of the park. She of course, you know, is having kind of, pretty much the best part of the episode. She comes in, she immediately not only just looks amazing because like, hey, I'm offering up my house to all five of you right now. Like you can all sleep on my floor and couches. That's super duper nice of me. But she also goes immediately is like, Sean's cute. Uh, I'm gonna need to make sure that I'm on this screen too a little bit of y'all are staying in my house. I'm gonna go ahead and hit on him unbeknownst to her. He's already kindling a bit of a relationship with Rachel, but her hitting on him, taking him to the grocery store so she could kind of pull him away from the group and the little the scene we get of her just really putting all the moves on Sean, who uh, who does who who at first can handle it a little bit, but eventually is like, I, I can't even handle this. I got to I got to get out of this situation. But just a, a heat check performance for the ages from Beth and her one episode cameo and shout out for her for being such a kind person to let them stay in her apartment. So those are your best moment nominees The night in the insane asylum. Cynthia, Milk, and Cows, the Diner Chat about fame and goals, John and the Zorb, Sing Along to Glory Days, and the Beth Heat Check. Those are your six nominees, but we got to give it to, because of the nature of this season, the Diner Chat about fame and the goals for the show and causing kind of the rift between them, and, and Cynthia putting Eric, and I think that's the same Diner Chat that Cynthia like kind of puts Eric in his place. I mean, maybe that's the next day, but it... The, the conver- that conversation leads to the next one. So all of it just kind of embodies this season and this cast being such an interesting and like good group of people, a good mix of people to bring out some very interesting real world, genuine conversations like that one. Got to give the best moment to that. All right. Two couple more awards here, then let's move into the best quote of the season. It's so only three nominees. This was not a quote heavy season. I think uh the confessionals play a major part in it um in this season, but I th- they really up that later on. And I think the the idea of people, you know, being on the show and knowing it's television and they're kind of trying to tell a specific story. The quotes get better and better the further the seasons go on. Um, not a lot to go around here, but still three deserving to get played for you here. Now, the first one is during the initial or the kind of really breakout argument between Eric, Sean, Rachel, and Cynthia over wanting to absorb more versus leave and really over just wanting to be a part of the group and not part of the group. John wants no part of it. He steps out of the RV when everyone else is arguing and he laments that he thought he was on a different show, not the real world. So let's hear him in that quote from him. What is this for you? What is this, this for This is a real experience for me. This is an experience, but you know what? I expressed myself about why I'm on this trip and what I'm doing here, and everybody had an attitude with me. And one, one, why? What? Everybody and that's had an attitude. Your Everybody's acting it. stupid like we're on freaking real world or something. Then uh, another, a first moment, uh, first in a long line illustrious history of people not wanting to wear the mission required clothing or uniform. Uh, something that happens throughout the franchise. First ever instance of it was here when Rachel, they have a mission that's, uh, they have to work. They just literally have to work a shift. (laughs) Again, the missions weren't like, Missions or daily challenges the way we think of them now. They One of them was work a day, at a hot dog on a stick, uh, food truck type of situation and wear this ridiculous outfit while you do it. Rachel did not want to wear that outfit at all. And she explains her reason that really just chalks up to she's not going to put on that cheap polyester, which is hilarious and maybe also didn't age great for her. But Uh, She eventually puts on the outfit after getting out of probably a half of the day of work. So maybe she's a genius after all and was just really finagling a way to have to work a little bit less than everyone else. But either way, here is that quote of why she does not want to put on this outfit. I'm not doing this. Just prop it down this way. There. Good, good, good. This is like a fashion crime, okay? First of all. Second of all, like I said, there's just no dignity in it, and I won't wear this hat and I won't wear this uniform. And this is cheap polyester. On the hot week. In the third and final nominee, which is also, we'll go ahead and say, is the winner of the best quote, but really is borderline a monologue uh, more than just a single quote, and that is referenced earlier, Cynthia during the Dirty Jobs-esque farm mission milking the cows and discussing and literally watching in real time a cow take a poop very near much too near for her liking to her let's go ahead and hear cynthia discussing that entire situation there are cow asses surrounding me they can blow at any moment now see if you look behind me a cow has Ah. all over the milking thing Now, see, that's what I don't want on me. That's why I got to go. And in a minute, I'm about to smell it. I feel like it's about to be in my mouth, and that's it. Those are your quotes of the season. Cynthia getting the win for the quote of the season. Now, let's talk the final to two biggest awards, really. Uh, And that would be the best episode of the season and the season MVP. Best episode, only five to pick from. Uh, And overall, they're all great. There's no real bad episode to speak of in this one. Um, looking back at my individual grades per episode, uh really only one of episode two is the only one that I really even gave anything too low of a grade to. Everything else was pretty even um in the like C plus, B minus, B range, but the two that stood above the rest for certain were episodes one and three. Episode three is going to get my runner-up episode of the season award. Um, it it does a, a lot of good. I had it at a, an actual A B rating, but episode one, the premiere episode, is a B plus. It's got everything in it. It's got uh, it's got the best you know the whole insane asylum thing. It's got the coming together, and I always really liked on the real on road rule seasons the slowly picking up of everyone. And this one is great. It has an awesome, you know, funny, uh, ironically funny after the fact moment between John and Eric, right? When they first are the first two on the bus and talk about like, what are you doing? I'm trying to write, still trying to put out an album. What are you doing? I actually just got a recording deal, but I don't do music. Uh, That whole thing's hilarious and interesting to look back on many years later. Uh, But the coming together, the night in the insane asylum, it's got a bunch of great moments in it. And it just really starts on a really high note that the rest of the season lives up to, but doesn't quite get to the same peak. So the episode of the season is the first episode. If you were only going to watch one, I would say it would be it would be the first episode for me. As for the MVP of the season, uh, tight contest um, to some degree, just given that there's only five people in all of them. No one, no one, as we talked about at the very beginning, of this, no one does a bad job at all everyone is great everyone is well cast everyone brings value to the table but um, in in this small field of five while everyone you know even if there's field would have been 20 all five of these people would have ended up on a five-person ballot for certain they all bring a lot to the table but the one that wins and in the end it, it there was more of a gap than I expected and that is Cynthia Cynthia is hands down the MVP of Road Rules All-Stars, season one, our first ever season MVP award, has to go to Cynthia Roberts There, for a plethora of reasons. One, she does kind of dominate the camera time, um, deservingly so. It doesn't start off that way. The first episode and a half or so of the season, you're like, oh, Eric is kind of going to be the star of this season or the focal point or every, the kind of crux of everything else going around. But then Cynthia comes kind of over the top in, in episode two and from there holds... holds Court and holds attention better than anyone else in the cast. Again, in a competitive field, she just kind of dominates from there on out. She has all the best uh, confessionals and you know just any even infield words and comments and quips are all great. She has the dirty jobs moment and monologue that we just awarded. Uh, we referenced earlier, but she she puts Eric in his place. The the kind of follow up diner conversation the day after the diner conversation that won the award for the best moment. They have another one where they're then talking about men and women and the relationship between the two of them. And Eric talks some bullshit for a second, and Cynthia calls him out on that bullshit and uses his own words from the night before to put him in his place. And it's the first like "oh shit" moment in the entire history of the show. The whole, the rest of the cast at like almost borderline applauds <laughs> um, Cynthia, and it's a very fun and genuine moment because Eric also handles it super duper well and is like. You're right. I did say that. And I do believe that. And you just totally made me look like a hypocrite. And now I got to learn something from this and kind of laughs it off and is great. But she does that. <laughs> they have to repel down the side of a building in one mission and her, she's so nervous about it, but then does it and the whole time is screaming to Jesus above to help her get to the bottom, which is great. She threatens to quit after the insect dinner and again, best confessionals, best. She just dominates the whole season. She is your season MVP, without a doubt. So, congrats to her. And thankfully for us, we will be seeing her again soon. Sorry if it's a spoiler, um, but the cat, I mean, the, we know when the season's airing. We know the season of All Stars 3 has been filmed for a couple months. So, if you're not aware of the cast yet, um, sorry, but Cynthia is reportedly on it, uh, making her come back a long, long time after this particular season. But very excited to see where that is now, knowing that she is. An MVP, a season MVP, and there's only going to be, you know, uh, I imagine there'll be a few people that win multiple of those. So there ain't even 37 of them. There's it's going to be a somewhat short list of season MVPs. Cynthia is on it, and with that, we've pretty much covered it all. Uh, you know, five episode short run of a season, but we we went through a lot of it here. Again, as discussed at the very top of this during the programming notes, if you want to know more if you want to get a little more in depth and a little less high level on these seasons we're recapping every episode and sharing a bunch of clips and moments from every episode at least until uh paramount or someone or you know starts taking them down but they left them all up for the first season so that's great um so over on twitter at jacob hollowball or instagram at challenge historian you'll be able to see all of those recaps and breakdowns and highlights from every single episode so if you want the more in-depth version of this you've got that there but that's everything. First season in the books uh, for the show and for this podcast re- re-watch, the 2022 Challenge Series rewatch Off to a fantastic start here, as was back in 1998, the Challenge franchise, as it would come to be known. Off to a fantastic start. Hats off to all five cast members uh, who were in this, plus Beth um, as well as her cameo there. It was wonderful, wonderful stuff. That's season one. We will be back later this week. On Thursday, with season two, Real World Road Rules, the challenge. First time the challenge comes up in the name, first time the challenge really starts to take form some would say as we previously said ourselves on this very podcast some would say the first season of the challenge when it's really the second so that'll be coming Thursday thank you for being here today thank you for being here any day that you choose to listen to this podcast if you want to follow along with every single season of the challenge series rewatch 2022 make sure you have hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you listen to this podcast so you don't miss it it will be available on YouTube as well if you prefer to watch them there and again those episode recaps and highlights will be on Twitter at Jacob Holoball and Instagram at Challenge Historian, as well as some content on the Challenge subreddit. If you're not over there already, you should be. It's one of the best places to be as a Challenge fan. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you again very soon this Thursday with Season 2. Until then, peace.